I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, sorry. Sorry. We're recording now. Oh, all right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas to you, my brother. What's going on? I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you, I miss you, man, I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you. This is the Christmas special of I Miss You, Man, for 2023. My name's Lonnie, his name's Dylan. How you doing, mate? Doing great, mate. I couldn't be better. We're in the bloody Christmas mood, aren't we? Hey? Hi. Holiday season? I certainly am. I am in uh, a room that has no air conditioning and is getting the full brunt of the afternoon sun, and it oh. feels like 36 degrees apparently. So, oh, that's no good. I have um, I have ducted aircon into my recording room, mm. so I'm going to say I don't feel for you, and uh, sucks to be you, right? <laughs> Well, Dylan, at least you brought me a very interesting topic this week for Christmas. So on this show, we look at um, life, pop culture, and everything in between. And when it's Mm. Christmas time, we try and find some sort of Christmas theme to that. Um, Generally something pop culture based. Um, What have we done in the past, Dylan? We've done Grinches. um, Does it come TV specials? TV specials. Some movies from Shane Black because he loves a bit of Christmas and his action movies. Yeah, um, some not Christmas Christmas movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you came to me earlier in the week, and you said to me, I've got the best topic for Christmas. Everyone's going to love it. It's going to be universally appreciated and loved. All I had to do was watch a movie, and <laughs> then I did the same back to you. Can you tell us what's happening here today, Dylan? Well, basically, we're going to find the, the good in the bad, hopefully. Mm. Like old Scrooge himself, we're going to find... The inner good in these couple of movies that someone perceive as bad. One of them has less than ten percent of rotten tomatoes, and the other is just a, a dirty old Christmas tea. He just dropped out for a second, but I think it might have recorded anyway. No, you heard? Now you're dropping out on purpose. I'm not. Mate. I'm, I would be silly today. <laughs> I would never drop out on purpose. Okay, it's I want to talk about the twelve dates of Christmas, and you. Preventing me on purpose. <laughs> okay, I think it's back to normal now. Okay. Now, Dylan, Any... do you want do you have a particular order for this? Do you wanna what do you wanna do? Let's I wanna put this on you hmm. and I will let you decide. Let's talk about the worst one of the two first. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Well, the two movies you've got are Surviving Christmas and The Twelve Bates of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um one of them is very generic and kind of inoffensively normal and, and I think it's, as you said, the worst thing a movie can be is middle of the road, not really good, not really bad. Mun- mundane. That's what generic, I think. Mediocre. Exactly. That's what I think 12 Days of Christmas is. Surviving Christmas is all over the place. It's got a weird tone. 
it's like a black comedy, but then it's like sickly sweet at the same time. I think it is the worst movie. So Surviving Christmas for me. You're wrong. You're very wrong, but that's that's fine. Let's go ahead. Okay, this was your pick. Why would you pick Surviving Christmas? I don't know. It's just one that's always been in the back of my mind. I watched it when I was when I was a young man, probably in high school, mm. and I've only watched it the once. And I was looking at some bad Christmas series. Apparently, it's very low on the Rotten Tomatoes, eight percent, as we said before. Yeah. I was like, can't be that bad. Can't can't be. I refuse to believe it. Got James Gandolfini, who gives one of my top five performances in media of all time. Tony Soprano, of course. I thought you meant this. <laughs> Did I? I mean, there was, yeah, no, there was some moments I saw some Tony. Yeah, I, I'll admit it. I'll admit yeah. it. When he was yelling at his son from the Christmas table, or the, <laughs> from the kitchen table rather, mm. when he's upstairs, there was definitely some Tony in there. It's got Ben Affleck. Come on. Very underrated. I personally love Ben Affleck. One of the greats. You hate him, I hear. No, I, I, I like him quite a lot. I think this was a very interesting point in Ben Affleck's career, though, because he was kind of very much hated. He had a, a, a few bombs in a row. His um his love life was taking this over. Is, this is just after Daredevil, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the J-Lo sort of thing happened, the first iteration of that. Mm. And he she was dragging down, isn't she? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I, I think the mean. Nah, no, she, she's a devil. <laughs> you heard it here. Lordy said it. <laughs> I just think I think the media attention became more of a thing than his output, and I think a, a series of bad movies in a row that happens sometimes to an actor, but didn't didn't really work for a long time. He had to really recuperate and went into directing, and that worked out pretty well for him. Um, you know, won the Oscar for Argo, but then obviously it's been ups and downs in Ben Affleck's career, and this was one I of think the it's, downs. I think it. I think it's probably of like A list celebrities, hmm. probably the most up and down roller coaster of a career. Just about, eh? In terms of quality, at least. Hmm. But good on him at the end of the day. Yeah, we've got Catherine O'Hara as well. We both love in Shit's Creek. We've talked about, about her, and she's popped up on the Chronicles too before. And now Christina Ritchie-based mini-series, mega-series. You know what? Christine Applegate, she's here too. Why not? Yeah, she's awesome. Liked her a lot in this. At the height of her powers, I guess, 2004. Just about, right. yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. question for you, Dylan. When you, you said you watched this as a kid, as a young man. Yes. Was this before you had developed a sort of eye for quality in media? I would argue I still haven't developed that eye. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, I just mean, um, I remember I watched a lot of things when I was a kid before I kind of worked out what was good and what was bad. So, like, you know, I loved Power Rangers for so long before I realized how bad, well, you know, production-wise, it's not the best, you know. Well, question of good and bad, obviously, subjective, but, you know, production quality and thematic quality, um, that, that sort of thing. I think there's a point when you're a kid, you just accept whatever it is. You don't really care about good or bad. You just watch whatever and enjoy it. Yeah, I think it was before that. Does anything, this is a very interesting topic, does anything come to mind as to when you first realised, oh, bad movies or bad TV shows are actually a thing that can happen? I don't have anything that stands anything out in my mind, but I know what you mean for sure. 
when you start like hating something, I guess it's around that high school era where you start developing that eye for it. Yeah, I think for me it was Spider-Man 3. Okay. Okay. Yeah, which I've come back around. Yeah. I love it now. Certainly different qualities. Yeah. Well, I actually don't argue it's that it's that different from the other two, well, to be honest. Well, that's at the end of the day. Interesting opinion. Um Surviving Christmas though, for some reason I think I'd got this mixed up in my head with the one about the guy coming back home for Christmas. I think it's I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, I was... the, with the I remember that poster. That's like mm. a guy in a Santa outfit. Yeah, young fella. Uh, leaning against a cactus in the desert. I think he's like stuck in an airport and he has to yeah, traverse over land. I um mm. so I was a bit thrown for sick watching the first half of this movie. I'm like, this isn't the right one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Do you want to give us a rundown on the plot, though, Dylan? Well, basically, mate, we got uh, Drew, played by Ben Affleck. He's like a, a wealthy advertiser. Mm-hmm. I think he's a millionaire. Do they ever say specifically he's a millionaire? Oh, that, that's alluded to, I think, yeah. I mean, when he can just chuck around 250 grand like it's nothing, mm-hmm. I guess he's a millionaire. Um, so he basically... He wants to have a family for Christmas. He's always alone on Christmas and he hates it. So he goes to like um, his ex-girlfriend's therapist for some reason. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> ambushes him at an airport actually. Yes. And um, he's like, well, what do I do? What do I do? He's like, oh, I don't know. I heard about this thing where you like uh, write a list of all your grievances and you go to like your child at home and, and you, you burn it and let go. And he's like, that's a fantastic idea, my ex-girlfriend's therapist. Thank you so much. So he goes to his childhood home, starts poking around the house a bit, and lo and behold, that is where James Gandolfini and Catherine O'Hara live. They're a couple with a mm-hmm. child. And they're like, who's, who's, who's this guy poking around outside? It's a bit weird, isn't it? And then he's burning this list, and James Gandolfini just smacks him in the head. And then Ben Affleck's like, oh, I love this place. I'll miss it. How about I pay you $250,000 to be my family for Christmas? Mm. And the, the the hilarity ensues from there. Theoretically, that's where the hilarity mm. would ensue. How dare you? <laughs> now, that's a, a weird concept. I think in other movies, Dylan, there would be some sort of like a curse or, a, or a, you know, a Christmas wish that's made this happen, that he's got to f- spend time with them. Or he would be more eccentric, like, because he's just kind of a regular he's pretty eccentric. dude. Well, he's a bit eccentric. No, he's, he's, just, he's, no, he's just weird. He's pretty eccentric. He's just weird, though. He's yeah. just creepy. Yeah, that's what eccentric is. But he's like, like a bit over the top. He's not creepy. Come on. No. Come, oh, on. Come on, Nick. It's a bit weird. I, All right. I, I just could never buy the central premise that he is giving them all his money sort of out of nowhere and they're accepting it and that's what makes the plot work. I never quite bought it. You know, like, think of something like Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. There's a magical wish going on there. That's why the weird scenario happens, right? And then we're all along, along for the ride. Yeah. In this one, it's just like they could pull out any time, he could pull out any time. There's no reason for this to be happening apart from the fact that he's lonely at Christmas. Yeah, okay. It's just a bit contrived. But... Nah, I disagree. I disagree. If an eccentric rich guy offered me two hundred and fifty thousand dollars 
to pretend to be his family for Christmas. Easy. I would do that easily. Yeah. Not even a question. Well, yeah, and then why are they complaining about it then? Just go along with it. Well, they're complaining about it because they're having marriage troubles, he says. Yeah. James Gandalfini is like, oh, you being here is just, just, you know, we're about to break up, but we're going to wait till after Christmas, and now you're, you're making it a bit of a harder time, you know? Someone didn't pay attention to the intricacies and the subtlety of the script. I think it was still bad. I think the problem sort of comes down to Ben Affleck, sadly. I don't think he's a comedian. I don't think it works well when he's trying to be nah, funny. No, nah, you're wrong. He's he's hilarious. You're just being you just okay, you're just being contrarian right now. It, the movie, no, no, it's no, so funny. He's no, funny. He's not. Just these little throwaway lines. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> when he's like he gives the family a script because you know, they're struggling to play how he exactly how he wants them to play. So he's like, oh, I'll write you all the script. And then he's like, I don't think you're very happy with this situation. And James Gandolfini is like, oh, you think? And he's like, yes, actually, I do. That's funny. It's a funny little throwing line. He has lots of those in this movie. I don't think it works. I think it works better when Ben leans into the darkness of his role. I think he's a serious guy. I don't think he's a comedian. He can do both. He can do it all. Okay. That's your opinion. So you prefer... Let me ask you this. Maybe where he lands into the darkness. Do you prefer Daredevil to Surviving Christmas? I think Daredevil's more enjoyable, yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. And in this movie, Dylan, there was... Look, I don't know how much I was expecting... But there is way more internet porn-based comedy than I would have expected, I think. <laughs> In the, <laughs> the 2004 especially, yeah. Yeah. The little little um, teenage boys, it's all he totally does. All he does yeah. in there. He's up in it's his, his own character, basically. Yeah. Didn't feel very... It felt like, you know, a middle-aged screenwriter's version of what a kid probably does on a computer. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. And what did you think and of... he also wasn't... Yeah. I just wonder what you think of how that plot resolves and intersects with uh, Catherine O'Hara um, trying to, you know, revive her groove, get her mojo back plot. Why don't you explain how that resolves, Lonnie? Well, for some reason, Ben Affleck says she's sort of dis- disaffected in her life. He's like, you know what, I know these people because I'm a, you know, I'm an ad man. I'll get you into a photo shoot and you can... Just for yourself, just, you know, feel better about everything that's happening. I know there's some problems going on in your life. And she's like, yeah, sure. She gets there, she gets the photo shoot happening, gets a bit uh, sexier than she was probably thinking, I, I imagine. And then, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ben, side point, Ben Affleck also hires a man to be his, his dude, his, his granddad in this scenario yeah. and the granddad ends up watching internet porn with the teenage boy which is <laughs> weird very weird. weird and they they stumble across um pictures of of the of the mum of Catherine o'hara and the, the kid just is shocked still isn't he he just looks at it he can't look away yeah he's like he's broken he's like shocked for like 20 minutes or so mm. and a half hour i mean it does break him out of his porn stupor he doesn't he destroys the computer yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
it's not the funniest part of the movie, but overall, I still think it's a pretty good movie. You still like it? You being serious right now? How dare you? <laughs> when am I ever not serious? Look, I will say this, Dylan. James Gandolfini puts in a hell of a performance. Oh, mate. I don't think he can help himself, can he? Sopranos. He can't help himself but be amazing, I think. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Does it make you want to watch Sopranos more? A little bit, yeah. Okay, then it did its job. <laughs> Are you just going to feed me James Gandolfini movies and TV shows? Yeah, that's right. The next one's bloody True Romance. And then after that, we're watching that bloody one he did with Elaine. Okay. It's probably pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Both of them are good movies. Mm. He was very very enjoyable. There are some scenes with him and Catherine O'Hara, which I think would stand in any sort of regular um, Christmas romance, which makes me kind of think, I wish that was the movie, maybe. And even when Christina... Christina Applegate turns up and she and Affleck, I think, bounce off, you know, against each other. Yeah, I think I got good chemistry. Yeah. I just, it, it takes so much work to get everybody together into this plot. It doesn't take, like, what about this, Dylan? Mm. When James Gandolfini knocks him out, you know, with the, with the shovel, he loses yes. his memory or something, right? And then there's some sort of Christmas miracle where they have to look after him by accident. And they really Why don't you wanna no no stop right here? Why don't you want a grounded Christmas movie? Why does it always have to be Christmas magic and Christmas <laughs> miracles? Why can't you just take a normal movie about Christmas? Well I could, but I, well in that sense, make it a lot darker. Make him like I don't know, he, he sort of it just sort of I mean, happens. It's, it's it's pretty dark. It opens with two deaths at the start of this movie. One suicide, one accidental. Just yeah. from random folks. That was an odd opening. It was very... Well, that's the tones all over the place. I think it should have kept to that. Yeah, okay. You uh, think you think dive in with both feet? I think so. Uh, like, just some stupid shit. Like, Ben Affleck tries to buy his his um his girlfriend Fiji tickets, like plane tickets, for Christmas Day and doesn't realise that's going to be yeah, a problem. Yeah. Like, that sort of stuff is just stupid. But also, okay, one of my only only problems with this movie mm. maybe the only one is his girlfriend at the start of the movie she like dumps him because he doesn't like talk about his family or anything yeah or he's not serious about his own family and like what if his family is all dead which spoiler alert they kind of are yeah his dad left when he was four and his mum's dead sorry he might have issues with his family doesn't make him selfish yeah, weird move from her. And then she turns up later on as well because he put her, put her yeah, at basement. I didn't need that. You didn't need that. I didn't need that. Yeah. No, no. Oh, no. It's Christmas for you, so Felice Navidad played at one point. Yeah. Um, My mate Jerry, he's never heard that song, and he also doesn't know what Felice Navidad means. Really? Jerry, Isn't that crazy? Jerry, come on, mate. How, how can you have never heard? I, I understand maybe you haven't heard the song. Surely you know what it means. Surely you've heard Felice Navidad before. Well, have you have you told him when when you when you found this out? Did you educate him? Yeah, I I just, oh, I just said to him one day, Felice Navidad. Am I right? He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, Felice Navidad. It means Merry Christmas. He's like, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like the song Felice Navidad. He's like, nah. I'm like, 
Was not helping something. Well, you should have watched the live in Christmas. <laughs> he should. Everyone should. It's a classic. Okay. Well, I've got an article here, Dylan, about this. It's from the New York Post, so you know it's good. It was published in 2014, and it's 10 years on from Surviving Christmas. <laughs> so they had time to marinate on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking back. It's sort of in the, as we said, after he, he won the Oscar for, um, well, Argo won the Oscar, and he directed it. And mm. just in Gone Girl, which was quite successful that year. So a lot of, a lot of um, the, the tide of turn of Ben Affleck. I think it turned again a little bit, and but he's back on track now. Um, really? What's he doing now? Well, he did Air this year, was everyone liked. The, um, oh, really? Okay. Michael Jordan's um, boots. The most important thing is he became friends with Kevin Smith again. I know you were worried about that, weren't you? I just didn't understand. That's why That's why that bloody she-devil, I'm glad she's out of his life because she kept them apart for too long. Like, you got to stop saying she-devil on the podcast. <laughs> no, she was. No. Jennifer Garner's no, she great. Was. Jennifer Garner's wonderful. Nah. Anyway, it's one of the bad ones. This article, one ones, No, you're actually. wrong. On this article, they... Um... What? Do you know her? Do you know her personally <laughs> or something? She seems sweet. I don't know. Mm. I think he was. Well, guess what, Lonnie? People aren't what you think they are because <laughs> I am currently in a bloody rabbit hole on YouTube about this wholesome YouTuber that has been scamming people with his charity set up in his dead mother's name for 10 years. So, you know what? People aren't who you think they are. Jesus. Lesson learned. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Well, this article, I assume it's true. Who knows with the New York Post, but they talk about um, apparently James Kendolfini uh, walked off set. He sat in his trailer for an entire day because he was unhappy with the script. And so when they were, you believe that? Look, look, this is right, I think right in the middle of Sopranos. 2002, 2003, yeah. So I can understand where you go from like one of the best written things of all time yeah. to surviving Christmas. <laughs> it might take a little bit of an adjustment period. So I, I get it. So it says here that they uh, they were shooting and then they shut down for that. And then they yeah, came back a few months later. And then that was in 2003 by the time they got sort of going again. And that's when he really bombed with a bunch of movies, Ben Affleck. And so it got delayed, delayed, delayed eventually came out in 
2004. Mm. And kind of awkwardly, the posters started, you know, not having Ben Affleck as much in them. So, you know, <laughs> they're pretty cutthroat in Hollywood, aren't they? If they, if you're, if you're hot, you're hot. If you're not, you're not. Yeah, it's a bit rude. Also, it came out in October 22. What? It's a Christmas movie. That's too early. Very weird. Very weird. Yeah, odd one. And then I went straight to DVD pretty much as soon as, <laughs> as soon as it could. <laughs> so there you go. I don't have any reviews here, Dylan, because I'm, I'm guessing they're all pretty bad. But I did go to um, Letterboxd, our good friends over on Letterboxd. Yeah, Unwashed Masses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the first one kind of sums it up, Dylan. And I want your opinion on it, okay? Right. This is Fissy Benelin. They say, it was never quite clear if Affleck's character was meant to be mentally challenged. <laughs> Do you have an opinion on that? I mean, he's a millionaire advertising agent. In what in what way would you think he's mentally challenged? Well, do you think he's supposed to... Well, there are certain points during the movie, I'm like, is he just really dumb? Is that why he doesn't understand the, the situation he's put these people in? He's weird? Hmm. What's the kind of... What's the kind of mentally ill thing where you, like, don't pick up on social cues or something, I guess? What would that be? I guess he could have a form of autism or something where he doesn't understand social cues. Mm, okay. But I think I that's think a bit rough. I think too deep into it. I think that's a bit rough on people who do have uh, mental health issues. I think that maybe it's just bad. Mm, you're wrong, but that's fine. Well, you believe... We all have our own opinions. Well, did you write this? Are you Nikakini24? Because they said... Would watch again during Christmas time. Funny, goofy movie. I think that is 100% a correct assessment of this film. Yeah. And guess what? I'm adding it to my yearly rotation of Christmas movies. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, should we move on to the next movie? The worst one? Yep. <laughs> 12 Days of Christmas. Story. I've got a bit of a story. You said you had a great story, and it's the sole reason I had to watch this movie. So this better be a really fun. This is better be the best story I've ever heard. Because if it's not, pod's over. All right. Well, it's been good having the pod with you, mate. <laughs> no, when we started getting around. So recently, I've been on a big road trip. Okay, that's why my time is limited to watch things. I can only pretty much fit in one Christmas movie before we recorded, which was Surviving Christmas. So that's great. But. You're welcome. <laughs> Earlier of the week, I had happened to watch The 12 Dates of Christmas. Um, so it kind of fit the bill pretty much. So that's why we're able to include it today. So what happened was when we were um, on the road trip, we were staying with some family members. My partner, Sinead, who's been on the podcast before, not today, unfortunately, but she has been on before, previous Christmas episodes. Uh, she felt a bit sick. She was a bit sick for those few days. And so we are just sort of hanging out on the couch I was like, okay, we'll watch, some, watch a movie for a little bit, just watch whatever, right? Flicking around for ages trying to find something. It's always tough. It's, it's always tough at someone else's house too, I think, because you don't want to, like, watch something. You know, it's got to be family appropriate. There's kids around and stuff like that. And it's Christmas time. So I was like, all right, we'll put on a bad Christmas movie. Everyone likes that, right? I find a 12 dates of Christmas. The premise is, like, this woman, she's, it's, her last, it's Christmas Eve. She's going to... Christmas Groundhog Day. That's Done. it. That's it, basically. Um, <laughs> that sounds fun. It only goes for an hour and a half. Everyone loved that. I put it on. 
Sinai's next to me. She's not feeling too well. She's not fine for a bit. Eventually, she's like, "This is boring." She leaves. No one else she's wants wrong. to watch. No one else wants to watch it. It's just me there on the couch by myself, watching the Twelve Nights of Christmas. And it's a fate you deserve. You reckon it was all putting on this movie? It's all my doing, was it? Absolutely. You sowed your oats. You made your bed, and I'm glad you had to sleep in it. I didn't mind it. And. Why? I'll say this. It's a TV movie, so the production quality is of TV movie of 2011. That's okay. I'll say say this. Hmm. I've never been jump scared by an opening title, (laughs) but like three seconds, literally three (laughs) seconds into the stream, it's like, it's all day to Christmas. Here we are. Let's fucking go. (laughs) There's not even any build up for like what companies made it or anything. No fade in. It's just like, bang, 12 bang. days of Christmas. Here we go. Let's fucking do it. Amy Smart's <laughs> here. Let's go. Um, if it's a TV movie as well, the initial broadcasting would have been on TV with ad breaks. You can really feel those in the, the movie. And the, yeah. the, the repetitive nature, I think watching it with ads would have been better because you kind of get a, you know, after the ads come back, after the ads, you sort of come back and you get a reminder of the story. Watching it all the way through, I was... Kept, just kept going, repeating itself, which is the point, obviously, with these, but it felt like the Groundhog Day was starting way too many times. What do you reckon? I just don't like movies that just rip off Groundhog Day. I'm so over them. And it's because nothing will ever be as good as Groundhog Day. So why bother? Why bother, hey? Name, name a single movie that does this premise that is anywhere near as good. As Groundhog Day. You can't. No, Groundhog Day. Save you the time. Okay. Groundhog Day is pretty special. I think Amy Smart is fun, though, as the as the lead of this. Have you have you seen her in anything else? I've seen her in Scrubs. And she turns up in a season of um Justified at one point. Been a while since I watched that show though. So it was it was hard for me. To see her as like this, you know, this innocent lead in a in a, a Christmas movie for the family. When I've seen her, <laughs> you might have to cut this out. Careful. When I see her uh, getting rammed doggy style by Jason Statham in public in Crank. Oh, jeez. Have you seen Crank? No, I think I'd remember that if I'd seen that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of hard to see her as like the innocent lead after that. Right. Okay. But again, that's not her fault. That's probably mine. That's all right. Mm. It's a good movie though. I on under that point, Dylan, about the uh, Groundhog Dayness of it all, I, I kind of feel like it got in the way to a certain degree in this. Like that's the whole point, right? But there are some parts where it's just like a regular rom com, and that would have been better, I think. Yeah, that's fair. You agree? I think if you're going to rip off Groundhog Day, like, don't do it, first of all. But if you insist against all my wishes to do so, just own it. Like, when she goes to the doctor and she's trying to explain what she's going through, she she should have just been like, have you seen Groundhog Day (laughs) with Bill Murray? I'm doing that right now, but it's Christmas version. It's nuts. Yeah, that, that that's the premise. I get that, and that's the only 
is probably the reason why it was made and the way it stands out in the the wide range of Christmas rom coms. So I kind of feel yeah, like it doesn't stand out at all. I I would assume I would argue it gets lost in the shuffle. Well, there's a lot of Christmas rom coms or you know Hallmark Christmas movies about people falling in love around Christmas. So this one's got at least got a little bit of a different, you know, unique selling point. No, no, all right. <laughs> it's I, I don't think she's seen Groundhog Day because there are times where she's presented with like the problem, right? The thing that you got to fix to get to break the loop. One of them is when she finds out that the the guy she's been set up on this blind date that she's redoing over and over is like a a hockey coach, and one of his players has gone missing. Like if I was in the situation in the thing, I'd be like, oh, oh, cool, I fixed that, I fixed the time loop, bingo bango. And she does sort of try to do that, Dylan, but then she doesn't seem to care that much about the fella, does she, the little boy? No, no. Means to an end, really, isn't it? No, exactly right. Ne- neither does he. I've had little boys, like a teenager, but he is missing and he's like in a foster home, so it's like, you know, pretty dire straits around Christmas too. But we wind out that he's like blown off the, the team so he can come on this date with them on a blind date. Bad guy. Hmm. No, he's arguably the greatest man that ever lived, the way the movie presents him. <laughs> he is played he's... by by Zach from Saved by the Bell, so that's that's something for him. He he is a widowed, handsome, charming, rich architect, heartthrob, who coaches a team of orphans, Lonnie. <laughs> he's the he's the perfect man. Look, when you put it like that, what does she bring to the table? She's nothing compared to him. <laughs> She's a bitch at the start, I'll tell you that much. Would you say I she's get a... it, that's a character art. Are you going to say she-devil? If the boot fits. Wow. Wow. I found something, Dylan. Hmm. It's a blog, it's called Very Merry Movies, and it's these people who are watching Christmas movies um, and live to Christmas and giving them reviews. I'm not sure yeah. when, it's, when it's from, but one of these pretty fairly recent. They reviewed the 12 dates of Christmas, and look, you'll be surprised when you hear this, Dylan, but 12 dates of Christmas is where the whole blog started, apparently. Mm. It was their gateway into the made-for-TV Christmas movie genre. Okay, I could see that. Because it's got a mainstream-ish actress in it. Yep. They say the movie is practically perfection. Is this from Letterbox? Are they unwashed? Is that confirmed? I oh, no, they they got their own blog. I'll, I'll give you the final thoughts, okay? We've got so Rob... they're not even good enough to make it onto Letterbox. No, that's coming up. Don't that's worry. how wrong their opinions are. <laughs> it's a sweet and charming take on a Christmas romance. It's one of our favourites and can stand up to classics. Rob says in his final take: "Very merry, joyful, and thoughtful, sassy and sweet, and just a little clever." Everything a made for TV movie Christmas, a made for TV movie Christmas movie, which should be watch it on repeat. No, you want Jess? No, actually, you want none of that. Jess's final take is very merry. It puts everything I love about Christmas into one movie family, friends, giving, and love. The lead's chemistry is the surprise, Christmas lights on top. Um. That's every Christmas movie, you know, family, friends, love, giving. That's the point. That's literally every single Christmas movie. Yeah. 
Why is she so impressed? That's all in one Christmas movie. <laughs> You're taking her down, aren't you? You know what? Yeah. She deserves it. Dare I say it again, Monty? She devil. I think he's using that term too because we're liberally today, okay? <laughs> no, you're right. Um, now, here on Letterboxd, they're not as impressed. Good. Um, and, My people. <laughs> Angie said four stars. Actually, that's pretty Out good. Out of ten? No, four stars. I mean, where's the worst one? I'll, I'll go back to that. Um, okay, yeah, this one. Branny. This was a special kind of awful, but I ate two chocolate samplers and cried while watching it. No. No, no. Cam Walsh said, Groundhog Day mixed with Palm Springs, but strip all the good from those movies and add Christmas and shit. 29 <laughs> out of 100. It's an odd one. There we go. 29 okay. out of 100 stars. Okay. No. I like it. The man's bringing his own rating system. Yep. I appreciate it. All right. And Angie, four stars, will wrap up the unwashed masses by saying, you probably haven't seen this movie or even heard about it before, but if you like romantic comedies and Christmas-themed ones, then you should watch this one right now. So what if it's not Christmas time? So what if this movie is very cheesy? It's also sweet and extremely cute. It shows me that you can make so many people so much happier if only you let yourself be happy, I suppose. <laughs> They're getting it. Right. There you go. How does the how does the time loop work, Lonnie? How is it happening? I want you to explain that to me. It's something to do with the TV and the dog yelling at the TV, right? <laughs> From memory. See now how stupid that sounds? And you're saying it out loud? Verbalizing it, yes. That does sound mean? pretty stupid. What does it even mean? Like, I thought she just got concussed. Because that's when she wakes up each day. That's when she falls on the floor. I thought she was just in a coma. Yeah, maybe or... getting spritzed didn't help, I suppose. Hmm. Hmm. weird. It's like a jewelry ad that comes on each night and the dog barks at the TV. And then it resets at midnight. Stupid. There's no like... put into it. You're the one who loves bloody Christmas magic and murals. <laughs> I was going to say. Where's the logic? I probably would rather a Christmas miracle that makes sense, you know? Christmas magic that has some sort of consistency yeah, to its logic. Like she said, like she meets Santa at the mall or something. Mm. And like does this too, or something like that. I don't know. Anything. Yeah, look, I, I like short movies on the, on the whole, but this one could have been shorter. I think if this was like an hour long special, even the 45 minute. Because it feels like they'll spin their wheels, and obviously they're trying to get the twelve days of Christmas song in there as well, sort of, you know, subtly. Uh, on, the, on the on the fourth date though, the fourth date of Christmas. Yeah, she'd already sorted everything. Pretty much, like she's having she's having a great date with him. She went to the church to sing bloody Christmas carols with her neighbour mm. that she loved. At the end of the day, she learned to bake at that point, I think, which is like. The only thing she gets out of this whole thing, and she won't shut up about it. She's like, oh, I baked this. I baked that. <laughs> how'd, you, what'd you, how'd you bring that gingerbread house? I baked it myself. I learned to bake now. Can you believe that? I'm a baker. He's a baker. Shut up. Okay. No. No. 
At least Bill Murray learned to flick cards into a hat. <laughs> I didn't know you were so passionate about Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Great movie, actually. So is Palm Springs. I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. No, that's pretty good. Well, Christmas time has come and we've watched some movies. Have we found the good in the bad? We found the good in our own movies that we brought to it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So what do you, what's, the, what's the best thing about uh, surviving Christmas? My, my boy Jim Gandolfini. Yeah, he's good. Putting in the work. Yeah. I love Ben Affleck, personally. I thought he was funny. I thought he was charming. He's a great lead. Always has been, always will I be. I can't help but feel you're being a bit facetious there. You're reading into it, aren't you? In 12 Dates of Christmas, I would say the romance and the performance from the two leads was quite good. Um, sadly, too repetitive. And, yeah, the Groundhog Day-ness got in the way, sadly. It sounds like you had more bad things to say about your movie than I did mine, which means mine's the better movie, which well, means I win Christmas. The fact I was stuck on the couch by myself watching this, everyone would have walked past and wasn't interested. <laughs> That might indicate something. I mean, technically that happened with this one too, right? <laughs> True. Sine was with me and she fell asleep, so... Hmm. Hmm. Oh. You can't win them all. You can't. But that's alright. That's alright. The main thing is... There's always going to be another Christmas. That's true. It's a good time of year. Um, I feel like the listeners, hope you have a good Christmas and you watch some great Christmas movies, um, some of the old classics, or something new. Try something new. You know, it's okay if it's bad. That's all right. Yes. Watch a Christmas movie you've never seen before. There's 50 billion out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Search Christmas on Netflix. There's like 10 million movies. It is mad. There's a whole industry. It's crazy. There is, there is something about the Christmas movie industrial complex we should look into at some point because they're, they're not trying to make them good. They're trying to make so many, aren't they? Yeah, and it's like the only holiday with, like, dedicated movies. Yeah, it's true. Like, there's not really any Halloween movies. Like, there's horror movies, but they're for any time of year. Yeah. You can theme Halloween around and watch them then, but they don't. That's a good point. Cater around Halloween. And they, they've yeah. tried every now and then to get like an Easter Bunny thing going, but it hasn't <laughs> really worked. Oh, no, they have. What was that movie? Hop? Yeah, Russell Was that Brand. Easter movie? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. I remember that. Anyway, yeah, Christmas is, a, I think it's a good time. You get everyone together, watching stuff, good times. Yeah. All right, Dylan, are we on the socials at all? Mate, we're everywhere. Facebook, X, Instagram, our website, every podcast app imaginable. We're there, and we're ready to please your ears. Not sure I agree with that <laughs> slogan. But thank well, you very much. What about our new slogan? We're not the worst podcast ever. <laughs> That's also a pretty good one. We can't be, can we? There's at least one no. podcast worse than us. So Absolutely. There has to be. Has right? to be. We'll find it one day. 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for being here. Thanks for watching these Christmas movies with me, Dylan. Love your work. So I'm thank gonna, you. You too. I'm going to say Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, man. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.